0: Here's the setup. This guy wants to ask this girl
1: to marry him, so he asks us to film a Hollywood-style action movie trailer featuring him so he can bring her out to the movie theater and pop the question in front of everyone. Here is the trailer followed by the magic. Every man has a destiny
0: there comes a time when every man must fight for his destiny
1: every treasure is worth fighting for no price is too steep no sacrifice is too great every story has a beginning
0: some things are worth fighting for son
1: every journey has a first step to get it we don't know where he is I'm expanding the search grid to 3 new sectors Late. I got your money. Check
0: it. I hope your treasure's been worth all this trouble. This isn't my treasure. It's the key to my treasure. Elizabeth Baldanza and Todd
1: Kavanaugh in... The first day of forever. Only in this theater, right
0: Elizabeth, you are my treasure. I love you so much. I have a question to ask you.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Elizabeth, from the first time that I met you and we got to start talking on the phone, uh, I realized that you were really special. As we've gotten to know each other more and more, I realize that I love you more than anything in the world, and I want to spend my life with you. I want to raise a family together. I want to grow old with you, and most importantly, I want to serve Jesus with you at my side. And uh, I want you to make me the most blessed man in the whole world. Elizabeth, would you marry me? Yes. Well, this is a uh, this is an extremely unique marriage proposal it's uh amazingly awesome and extremely expensive um, I don't know how many people in here show of hands proposed that way anybody I did so no but it made me start thinking about my proposal and how cheesy and low budget it was. I uh, took my wife back to the, uh, she was my wife before I asked her to marry me, but uh, I took my uh, girlfriend at the time to the first place that we met and I made her close her eyes and visualize our very first memories together and um, and it was actually on the campus of MUW and uh, I, when she opened her eyes, I was down on one knee with the ring, and uh, for some reason she said yes, but this is not the only video. Tonight you will find yourself on YouTube looking up movie theater proposals, and you will find that there are a hundred million of them out there. It is the new thing to do, and now it is not only the new thing to do. It's You have to propose grand, and you have to propose big, and it has to be with a lot of money even though this is real life and Todd and Elizabeth, they're real people she was Miss New York in 2007 they're they're real life people but it just doesn't feel real life to me you know, it almost feels like a movie because real life love doesn't really happen like that you know, you either forget the ring or you forget where you were supposed to go or you just bail out altogether real life love is a lot like driving on the interstate there are people passing you with much nicer model cars than the one that you're driving your AC stopped working 6 hours ago on a 12 hour trip everybody's sticky and messy the window's down you haven't talked for 200 miles this is real life you're heading to Florida and then you see a sign that says welcome to the great state of Texas Married people don't stop and ask for directions. They go to bed angry. More importantly, they stay up and plot revenge. This isn't real life. Even though it's real life, I'm just not buying it. I'm not going to buy into it. I think my cheesy low-budget proposal had as much effect as as that did, although he has one million views on YouTube and probably got a nice check, and I got... Well, I got my wife, so. Um, But in real life, we always want the guy to get the girl. You know, as I grew up, there was a show on television called Saved by the Bell. And uh, you're laughing because you watched it. And uh, as it came to a conclusion, the final episode was where Zach and Kelly got married. Uh, We all watched it numerous times, and You know, we'll be extremely excited when they add it to the Netflix lineup. And so, but the thing about it is, is there's another show that was around the same time. They started off with a theme song that drew me into it. It was called uh, Have a Little Help from My Friends was the name of the song. But the name of the show was called The Wonder Years. And I remember my first time ever watching it when Kevin Arnold and Winnie Cooper walked into my life. I watched as she lost her brother, and as they broke up and got back together, I watched as they grew apart and then grew back together. And then a few months ago, I reminisced some of my favorite episodes of the Wonder Years, and I spent two or three days in a depressed state as I realized that the finale concluded with Winnie and Kevin marrying other people besides one another. But that's real life. Real life is filled with twists and turns and curves and changes. It's not what we expect it to be. When I think about my real life marriage, I think about everybody loves Raymond. And I have a clip here, if we can get it to, we've had a little trouble, but we'll see if we can get it to work. one second, but this is basically what has happened here, is Raymond has recorded over his wedding video with Super Bowl, and so in exchange, he has uh, decided that he would, in turn, all right, here we go.
1: That's enough, (laughs) Trot. I would like to welcome all of you to Raymond and Deborah's beautiful home. (laughs) We are gathered here today to witness a renewal of love and commitment between husband and wife. And in our presence, in the sight of God, they will now share vows they each have written. Raymond, ladies <laughs> <Please> first. <laughs> All right, Deborah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, when when Ray first came to me with with this idea, I was very touched. I'm really glad to have this chance to tell people how I feel about you. <clears throat> oh boy. <laughs> I don't know how well I've always lived up to my vow to love, honor, and cherish you. So just in case I haven't always shown it, I want you to know that I do. With all my heart, I do. And I want to add something else to that. (laughs) I And that is to thank you for the kids... Your love for our life together, I thank you, Raymond. Um, you're welcome. Your vows, Raymond. I am so happy to be here on this occasion (laughs) Love is in the air (laughs) Today I consider myself the luckiest man (laughs) on the face of the earth Okay, I, f- I forgot the vows, but that doesn't mean that I don't care about you because of that and, and, and because I tape football over our wedding video. You tape football over your wedding video? I, yes, I made a mistake. You said you were going to recite vows to me. Okay, I know, I know. But we had your vows. and oh, they were beautiful. And and and, and I didn't really hear them all because I was in my head going, idiot, 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 idiot. But, but you know, luckily, Robert videotaped them and we can enjoy them later.
0: You never told me to tape it. Okay, but but when I think about real life, I think about everybody loves Raymond. Because real life's kind of about navigating the mistakes. We can't edit out the things that we don't want to happen. We just have to live with the curves and the changes. The first video I showed you was pretty unique because it was this. Like I said, extremely expensive wedding proposal. But there were two things that I liked about it a lot. It was in the state of New York. And at the very end, as Todd grabs Elizabeth's hands and he says to her, he says, I want to start my life with you. I want to spend forever with you. And I want to start a family with you. But then he stops and he says, more importantly, and it's very important to realize his wordage there, he says, more importantly, I want to serve Jesus with you by my side. Because more importantly, in order for us to understand what it means to understand the power of love, we must understand that Jesus isn't just the centerpiece, he isn't just the cornerstone, he isn't just the co-pilot, he isn't just the roof, he is the foundation, he is the beginning and end, he is the guide, the direction and the example of what love is. In order for us to comprehend as human beings what it means to depthfully love another person, we must understand what it means for Christ to have loved us. I had a person stare me straight in the face just a couple of years ago and said he was on his second marriage. And he said, you know what the major difference between my first and second marriages, He said, I made a lot of mistakes. But the biggest difference is that I wasn't in church and I didn't have God. Because in order for us to love a person as our bride and in order for a bride to love a person as a groom, we must know that while Christ Loved the disciples when they were unworthy, just as God loves us as we were unworthy. You can't understand or comprehend the depths of what it means to truly love a person until you understand what it means for someone who is all knowing and all worthy to love something that is completely unworthy. Matthew chapter 22. If you will stand, if you'll open your books to Matthew chapter 22. Verse 36 through 40. It says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And this was a person coming to Jesus, mocking him, wanting to see if he would cast judgment. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Dear God, we thank you for your word today. We pray that it will be a sword for our lives and direction for us. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. As I said, God is the foundation for love. Christ's love to us should direct us to love one another. There's a common link between what Jesus pointed out as being the greatest commandments and that common link is love. As it says in Romans chapter 5, it says that even though while we were sinners, Christ died for us to show His love for us. The other part of this is that our love is small. What kind of love can we truly bestow upon the creator of the universe? But in doing so, we must strive to honor God and to please Him. And if we love God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind, we inherently love the creations of God in order to honor and please Him. And the second part says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. We've got a lot of folks in here, me included, a lot of us I think we all fitness, we live right here. We love some me. This selfie, iPhone, iPad, i-I-I generation, the entitless movement of what I want before what I need. We love me. If we truly loved our neighbors as much as we loved ourselves, our neighbors would have Bentley's, they would have boats. They would have a two-story house. They would have ponds. They would have lakes. They would have anything that money or possessions could buy because we love ourselves. But at the end of my life, I don't think God is going to be concerned with what I did for me, but what I did for the collective good of all of humanity. I think that when I stand before my Creator and when I pass into eternity, the questions will be, what did you do with what I gave you? How did what you have affect others? I don't think God's going to say, Tyler, I gave you a voice and a message. I hope you got your fair share of money that was due to you for coming to those churches and to speaking to those youth so that you could buy all of the collective things that you wanted. I don't think God's going to say, Tyler, I gave you the ability to play guitar and to sing and write songs. And I don't think He's going to say, did you buy you a jet ski with the profits that came from it? But I think God will now want to know, did I turn the me's into we's? Did I love people more than I loved myself? Because that is in turn how I show that I love God, by following His commandments. I've been married for 20 years. Wait, did I say 20? I meant to say 10. It only feels like 20 years. Uh, A year and a half after I was married, I found out uh, that my wife was pregnant and we were extremely excited by this, but my wife was still in college at the time and so she was unable to, I'm going to use the phrase mother's milk or naturally feed our children. And so we went with the formula option and there's nothing like waking up at 2 a.m. to Take this specified Walmart nursery water and fill it up to exactly six ounces, not a centimeter above, not a centimeter below. And have your wife that was so peacefully sleeping just 15 minutes ago stand over your head as you leave six granules of powder down in the scoop and tell you, you got to put it all in there. That may be the nutrients that the baby needs. And I said, well, I tried to put it all in there. It's just six granules. There's nothing like it that makes you just feel like real life love is the ticket. Then my daughter was born nearly five years ago, and my wife was uh, caught pneumonia and then another form of sickness back to back. She was only able to naturally feed Savannah for about three weeks. And I still remember her coming to me and she was extremely distraught by the situation. And I was kind of like, hey, you know, we'll go to Walmart and buy Infamil. It'll be okay. We'll put it all in there again. And, and uh, you know, I, I just didn't get it. Well, then when we found out that uh, my wife was pregnant with Carson, it was like game seven in the World Series. It was go big or go home. I, I learned so much about life and Pumps and supplies and extracurricular things and car chargers, uh, work breaks. It, there's a lot of stuff that I've learned. I still have many memories of these sounds going off in my house. Texas to pick up milk storage bags, not the 50 count, the 100 because we're small. Uh, I have memories of telling my kids no popsicles because the freezer is completely full with mama's milk. I remember reaching for a TV dinner as 15 storage bags piled upon my feet. I remember that we had to rent other freezers from relatives when ours became completely full. I remember that when I went to go get a drink one day, there was some substance down in my drink. And I told my wife, I said, there's something wrong. Well, our freezer was so jam-packed with stored milk that one had gotten in the ice spinner and it completely completely ground up, and there's nothing like shreds of plastic and mother's milk to keep your digestive system regular. People came to my house to borrow my wife's milk. I say borrow, we never got it back. Uh, to feed their children. We had a little nonprofit organization going on on the side. I said, well, we might as well make money off of it, and then I was told that who I desire to be with my life is not who I actually should be, and uh, who I now desire to be is who my wife desires me to be because I find that life is much easier to live when I'm parallel with her. And so WCBI came to my wife's work and did a special documentation on her abilities. You can't make it up. It happened. It's on the internet. And I was allowed to say nothing. I made the mention that we might want to start buying some more frozen foods or having the capability, and it was like a little chihuahua came inside my wife and came to attack me in that very moment. No, naturally, feeding your children is a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. And as much as I joke about my wife in the scenario that, that she had, um, I learned a lot from that situation. Um, like I said, some things I could have lived without. Uh, some things, though, that really impacted me and showed me that God is, is in, at work and He is a creator. And uh, my wife began to notice that she had this surplus, and she said that um, she wanted to start donating her milk. And I said, who in the world wants your milk? And I thought, and I guess it's just my ignorance to the subject matter, that Carson would drink all the milk. Um, but apparently there are milk banks across the country that take milk and supply it to the neonatal intensive care units for premature babies. And it's been said that one feeding can feed a child up to three times and that the mother's milk is the most beneficial style of milk for the child because it includes the antibodies and the things that will help build the immune system much more quickly. And the women that have had these children are not yet producing the milk that they need. So Lindsay went into some rigorous, uh, rigorous testing processes. And, and uh, when they approved her, uh, they started sending us boxes that look a lot like this. Uh, the original ones were bigger. The, su- the demand is the same, but the supply has changed. And so, uh, but we originally would get about five at a time. And they have to be individually wrapped. This is styrofoam. You put dry ice in it, and it ships next day air to Texas. Um, my wife, with her first shipment, sent over 2,000 ounces on Wednesday, and by Friday, it had all been used. Um, I don't know the total number, and I meant to speak to her about it, you know, before I came today. But she has donated thousands upon thousands upon thousands WCBI didn't come to meet with her about what I kind of implied, but they came to meet with her because of the amount of donation that she's given and the lives that she's affected by what she's doing. This is her final box. That's the last one. Um, And so she will never meet the children that she impacted more than likely. But she did a real good job of turning her mees into we's. She did a real good job of showing that in order to love somebody, you have to love them the way that you would love your own child, and sometimes it means touching somebody in a way that seems goofy and absurd to us, but is much much very much in need. I learned that if a baby begins to cry in the night that a mother's milk begins to let down into place and I'm sorry for the subject matter but it's a wonderful thing because when a child comes from the womb they inherently know where their source of food comes from it's already there when a baby begins to cry. Now when Carson cries in the night, I clench my eyes as close as I can and I sit as still as I possibly can so my wife thinks that I'm in the deepest realm of sleep possible. But she gets up and feeds the baby. When my kids are sick, they don't want daddy, they want mama. When they have a boo-boo, daddy's kisses and hugs are just secondary. They want mama's kisses and hugs. There's something about a mother that none of us can even begin to comprehend. I can't because I'm not a mother. But I can understand that while my kids long for my acceptance, while they want to make Daddy proud, while they want to play sports with Daddy, while they want to walk down the road with Daddy, while they want to do all these things with Daddy, go fishing, they want Mama's love. Mama's the one that sits up sick with them and wakes up early with them the next morning. Mama's the one that knows their deepest and darkest fears and puts their dreams and cares before theirs. Why? Because mamas are in the business of selflessness. Mamas go from I to us, to from me's to we's before the men even get there. For nine months, they carry a child within their womb praying for one more kick so that they know that their child's okay. In the night, they whisper to their child the dreams and hopes that they have for their children because there is an inherited connection between a mother and a child that a father just doesn't possess with his children. I'm okay with admitting that. I know my children love me and I love them with all that I have but I'm not mama. There will be nothing that I will ever be able to do to be mama. Nobody will ever replace mama. Nobody will ever take her spot. Mama is mama because mama was there. A child comes out knowing the smell of their mother, knowing where to reach for their needs. It's not just in humans, it's in animals. It's in proof that God is a creator. He isn't much at work. If you're here today, and you weren't sure if you wanted to show up today because Mother's Day is a dark day for you, I want to share something with you real quick. When I was 17, I lost my grandfather, and there hasn't been many days that have passed by that I don't wish that my kids could just run over to Grandpa's house, or Great Grandpa's that they could know the love that my grandfather displayed for me, that he could take them for ice cream or maybe just sit down and tell them one of his funny stories or play Monopoly with them. But I lost my grandmother when I was just one. I have no earthly recollection of Francis Campbell. And when I begin to think about that, I begin to realize... How grateful I was for 17 years to have with my grandfather. And how dare I steal another moment from that and being selfish to the fact that his race is finished, he's, he's, his rest has begun. His legacy is mine to carry forward now. I love him, and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity if you're here today and you've lost your mom just know that we should be grateful for the moments that we had together for the tears of joy for the happiness because nobody can replace mom nobody will ever be able to take place if you're here today and you've never had a mom in your life I want to share something with you as well That just as an infant comes from his mother and knows exactly where he should go to receive the needs and wants of his life, therein too I believe that God is in the business of meeting our needs. And that there may be someone in your life that longs to love you the way that Jesus has loved them and that in fact is your mother. Don't talk to me about biological scientific bloodlines because I don't care because love is not conducive to blood. A mother is not a mother because she gave birth to a child, but a mother is a mother because she stays up late, she gets up early. She puts her cares and wants before anything else. A mother is a mother because she loves someone the way that Jesus first loved her. And mothers are in the business of selflessness. That is a mother, not just someone that gave birth to a child. And there may be someone in your life today that longs to be that mother figure that you have long such needed in your life. Allow that person to be. A mother's love is one of the greatest loves that you will ever encounter. How great we are to be able to have that touch in our life. But I believe that mothers love as though they have been loved. And in order to understand a mother's love, we must continue to understand that the foundation for love is and begins and ends with Jesus Christ. That in order to love someone to the depths that a mother loves someone, you must understand that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And no greater love of that than a man that is willing to lay down his life life for his friends. And some 2,000 odd years ago, a man carried a cross to a hill. And he took on the burdens that we would endure and incur, incur upon him. And he was in the business of taking a me situation and making it for we. And in that moment, that moment, the power of love that was displayed in that moment of laying down his life and denying himself and fulfilling the promise that God had given, that power of love that was displayed in that moment still saves lives today. Still saves lives today. And that, my friends, is real life. Dear Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to call upon you this morning. We thank you for the mothers, the mother figures, and the things that we have in our life. We thank you so much that you have set apart a time. We pray that we will learn that you are the origin, you are the source, the guide and direction for which we should love everyone that we encounter in our lives. We thank you so much for this day that you have set aside to celebrate the great people that we call moms. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.